following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. another episode of Pick and Winners. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined on this early Wednesday morning by my two co-hosts. First, up in Philadelphia, Chris Smalls, Angelo Smalls. How are you this morning? Guys, I'm good. Uh, I'm excited to be here for another week of Bart giving me winners. So Bart, you got to take it away for me, brother. Yeah, because you were definitely not giving us winners last week, Smalls. Not too good last week. Not too good last week, Bart. <laughs> what was it, what was our record as a show last week, Bart? I went three and two. I got back on the winning side. Six and nine. Smalls and me a little unlucky with the uh, Dallas loss by a point. They definitely could have pushed for us if they went for for two at the end there. I'm a little unlucky with the Saints minus eight. The Smalls had the Eagles, so for the show that doesn't matter. But that's just a kick that we're used to Mr. Will Lutz making. I also would like to complain about Foles not getting the over in yards for me, but I mean, the game just played out in a bad way for for him to throw for a lot of yards. So I'm I hit the Brady over completions, missed Melvin Gordon. How did you, what did we do on props? Did we go one for five? You hit a you hit at least one prop, Bart. I had you? the Melvin Gordon under 81 yards rushing. He had like one good play the entire game. He had a seven yard run early in the game, and other than that, he just did nothing. Yeah, when you're down twenty-eight to seven or whatever the score was that early, the the run game doesn't really, you know, it was it was over. It was a wreck. I don't think that mattered. He just didn't look completely right. Yeah, two bad knees, T- tough break for the Chargers. Uh, let's let's start with let's start with the game that we care the most about, and that that would be Eagle Saints and uh, Smalls. We talked about this for a tiny bit on the intro to our show on Tuesday, but. Biggest play of the game, in your opinion. A lot of people were talking about that fake punt, but I tend to agree with you, Smalls. I think Doug Peterson just snap accepting that or declining the holding penalty on fourth and one before the fake punt was, was probably a bigger play. I, I think that like the Eagles at that point, they had the two, they had two touchdowns. They had uh, they had picked Breeze off in the first play from scrimmage. They forced a fumble and and forced a punt and. I think there, if it's third and eleven, when they hadn't moved the ball at all, it, it just doesn't give them any, you know, any sort of life, like any oxygen. And and then, but Peterson doesn't decline that. They go for the fake punt. Our guy Tyson Hill, who I've I've just been, you know, killing all year, runs for the first down. And then, you know, from then on, the Saints were pretty good, Smalls. And and I thought that was the biggest play of the game. I I really did. I also thought the Marshawn Lattimore. What'd you say? Are you saying that fake punt gave the, the Saints a little bit of momentum, got them going? No, momentum doesn't exist. But 
I uh, <laughs> I did feel like Peterson made a big mistake. But literally, what how you were describing them converting that fourth down is definition no, momentum. What, right. I'm, what I'm saying is they they got a first down and then they had more plays to work with. If if it's he, he's not Peyton's not probably going for it if it's an incomplete pass on third and eleven. He's probably punting. Would you think the defense coming back on the field's a little like more defeated? In well, they're, that they're sense. tired. They had been on the field the entire game. I mean, that's a huge play. Just whoa, whoa, whoa. that was that was like the first half, right? The the, yeah, the first, it was in, it was in the first quarter, early in the, or late yeah. in the first late quarter, the first rather. Quarter. I believe late late in the first quarter, they hadn't been on the field the whole up game up until that point. Up until that point, the Saint the Saints had literally run like eight plays. Smalls, seriously, I'm not I'm not I'm not even saying like the, no, they didn't. They got to they were at the thirty yard line. They were at the 30 yard What I'm 30. saying is the Saints on offense breeze through a pick on the first possession, right? The very first play, okay? So yeah. then the Saints started yep. playing defense. Then they gave it back to the Saints, and the Saints went like three and out. And then the Eagles went down and scored. Yeah, that's okay, four so plays. Four plays. Yeah. And then they got the ball back. They ran three plays and got the hold. So that was seven plays that they had run on offense before that. So the Eagles defense is not tired, is my point. They're not tired. They're, they come on the I field a little we more defeated. About, that's I we momentum. Talking, I thought we were talking about the Saints D getting back on the field. I don't know. That's that's momentum, though, is right, what I was not, trying I'm to say. I'm not going to argue with you guys. Marv, I'm, I'm glad you're in my camp on this whole momentum thing because I spent all of Sunday just – I wouldn't even say messing with Tyler because it's something I believe in. And, like, he's just stubborn that, like, whether or not he believes in momentum, clutch, etc., he's going to stick with his side of it and send the articles from like Grantland or Deadspin or whatever. Proving we'll get back in. The listeners are just going to turn the show off right now as the three of us argue with each other, and it's too early to, to do this. But I will say this: I will say to the comment about Doug Peterson not taking that penalty. You know, I can see both sides of it because they're at their own 30. You're like, there's, you know, that would be a big risk if they end up going for it. I'm surprised they didn't just get under center and go for it. But at the same time, I'm with you, Tyler. The defense had played, you know, seven plays and were very good in the beginning of the game. If you back them up 10 yards, right, it's a 10-yard penalty. That would be third and 11. They hadn't really made a play. The defense – you know, they're playing with some fire. They're they're playing well for those plays. They're probably going to make that play. And it's going to be like fourth and five. Or it's going to be fourth and 11. And now you guarantee yourself a punt in great field position. Yeah, it can go both ways. And, yeah, I thought it was the biggest play of the game because then, you know, they get life. And I know you don't believe in that, but they do. They, they end up getting more plays uh, and they – get a little rhythm on offense. That's the scary point. Now they're starting to call plays. They're starting to move the ball. They're tiring the Eagles defense out. So when they get the ball back again, they end up scoring again eventually. And it's 14-14, and it could have been 21 nothing when you look at it, and then you have the Saints press in 21 nothing in the second quarter. So I, I agree with you. It was interesting to me that, like, because the Eagles went up early, you had to kind of take shots, and you could see that the Saints wanted to target the Eagles' second. I, I know, like people were not giving them a ton of credit early, but like they wanted to target the Eagles' secondary. Like Breeze went deep like two or three times to the point where, like, I, I think Bart, you texted me like use Kamara and Ingram, like or something, which which is obviously something that, that, that they need to do. But but when you're down fourteen nothing or you're down twenty one nothing, like 
each one of those shots becomes like a little bit more risky to take because you you need yards. And like- yeah, but not in the first quarter. In the first quarter, you can't just abandon what you went into the game. And I'm not, I'm not saying to do that. I'm I'm just saying that if they're down twenty one nothing in that spot, then it's a little bit more ridiculous. But like the Saints, I mean, the one thing I think that we haven't really talked about is that their their defense has been really good the last two months, and and unfortunately, Foles turned a little bit back into a pumpkin in the second half and was just not good. But I mean, the Saints D is, has been very, very good. And it's going to be interesting to see how they handle the Rams. I think at home in a game where like people are probably expecting a lot of points to be scored, but excluding them just getting blown off the field by the Panthers in week 17, when they played nobody and the Saints defense has been really good for the last eight weeks. And, and I don't know that this wasn't the type of game. This might be the toughest game that the Saints end up having to play if they end up going on to win the Super Bowl smalls. I think the Eagles were ready for them in, in every bit. They were fired up. Like Their, their D-line yeah. was unbelievable. And for the Saints to come back and be able to win and get that 11-minute drive to, to in the third quarter, I, I mean, I think it was really impressive. And I think Breeze and Michael Thomas were the two best players on the field. Michael Thomas was unbelievable, in my opinion. And then, yeah, he was and then really the Fletcher good. Cox injury, I think really, you know, I, I think that really hurt the Eagles or in the second half in the second quarter. Yeah. And let the saints run the ball a little more and set up that run pass, uh, which, you know, that's the key. And Fletcher Cox is absolutely dominant. He's been dominant all year, but you know what, Tyler, I'm not, I'm still like, now we're bringing it up and starting, starting to tear up a little bit about the Alshon Jeffrey play. I, I, I know, I know. Hey, I know you try to you, – you, you, you guys don't care about going two minutes, going before the two-minute. I am a classic in that situation. You wait till the two-minute warning. You drain as much time as possible. There is no reason to go for – now, you should have caught it, but there is no reason to go for a quick pass there. You, you, you reconvene. Here, here's, here's my thought on this. I, I, I agree with you. you. You do not want to give the ball back to Drew Brees. But in a lot of ways, like, you, you kind of just have to run your offense and whatever happens, happens. Like, if Breeze gets it back and he scores with 10 seconds left, like, that's just kind of the way it goes. But I don't necessarily feel as though rushing the play caused Alshon to drop it. I, I don't think that was the case. So that's the only reason. I, I'm mm-hmm. not arguing with you, Smalls. I think there was no need to run that play before the two-minute warning. I agree. But I don't think that there, the two things were, like, directly correlated. I think that Alshon just dropped the pass. And and it's unfortunate because I would disagree. I think any time in football, when you're rushing, when you're rushing to the line and rushing to a play, and then when you know, and these guys knew that the two minute weren't, so they had to get it off. It wasn't like they're rushing to the line and they get the play clock's at fifteen. Essentially, the play clock was at three, and well, they it was at nine, and they rushed the line, and then they had to get it off at three. So I think you're you're not thinking as much about securing catches about specific route combos or okay this is the play we got to run it it's not like a hot route read situation so I think your concentration does lack so we disagree agree to disagree and I'm also just salty yeah that's fine so Eagles end up you know like one of our friends texted us you got about a month more football that mattered than than you originally thought so interesting postmortem on the Eagles uh, you know just a they could have won the game. It was the only game of the weekend that was really any good. Uh, you know, running down the list here, Bart, Chiefs-Colts, I, I think the public was all over the Colts. And 
the Chiefs just, I mean, it was unbelievable. Like the, the Chiefs forced three, three outs to start the game and they just destroyed the Colts. Like the game was never close. The Colts get life on that blocked punt. And then somehow Adam Vinatieri, when we're, you know, some of us are over here sweating the over, misses a 23 yard field goal at halftime. Not sure that would have made a difference, but Mahomes and the running game were fantastic. And to me, I think the Chiefs are underrated, Bart. I think people are forgetting how good this team is, and, and they're playing at home, and, and they just they absolutely just demolished a, a Colts team that was very good. What, what did you think on Saturday when you watched that game? Yeah, that was impressive. And my takeaway is let's let's take away like where New England is from and what they've done for the last 19 years, I think it is. If this wasn't New England, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick, don't you think this spread is bigger than three points? I'm I'm flat out stunned that it's three, just just because. And I know that the Pats are a public team. I know that people want to bet on Brady. They want to bet on Belichick, and everyone loves the fact that they're getting points. They're three and five on the road this year. On 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 the road defensively, they they had the worst defense in the NFL. Like, and you're going into Arrowhead playing a, a, a Chiefs team that had the the best offense in the NFL and a very bad defense, but at home their defense would have graded out as like twelfth in the NFL. It, it, to me, this seems like a mismatch. I, I'm surprised that this wasn't five. I kind of think that way with the other game too, just because Cooper Cup was around the first time they played, and the Rams' offense is much, much worse without him. Yeah, the Rams. Let's talk about the Rams for a second. Sheldon Rankins being out for the Saints could end up being a big deal, but like Rams Cowboys, like the the, the Gurley and C.J. Anderson both go over a hundred. I think they rushed for three touchdowns combined. I think Anderson had two. Gurley had one. I don't expect the game on Sunday to play out that way. I, I don't think that they're going to get 40 carries, but no Sheldon Rankins is a big deal, in, in my opinion. Like the Rams are going to try to run the ball, and I don't know if that's the smartest play against the Saints because I, I, I think the Eagles' defense is better than the Rams' defense, for sure. I, I mean, I, so I, I don't know what's going to happen with that game. I, I kind of think. I don't think the Rams want to shoot out. I think the Saints might be okay with the shootout. I think the Saints know that they're the better team. Yeah, how do you feel about, we, we talked a little bit about Jared Goff. He was totally fine on, I mean, he was fine on Saturday. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad. Like, he's okay. I think we can agree that Goff is the worst quarterback left in the playoffs by, by a pretty good margin. Smalls, your biggest thing was that Goff has tiny hands. It was a balmy, it was a balmy <laughs> 50 degrees in LA, but they're going to a dome. Are you worried about Jared Goff or you think Goff will be fine on, on Sunday? Uh, one other thing I will say, uh, Irregardless of momentum, the Superdome is loud as hell. On TV, that thing sounded like it, it was is. freaking rocking. But the Saints did suffer a big-time injury in uh, on their D-line in Rankins. And I think the, the key with Jared Goff, it, if he's playing in the cold, he's losing. That's no doubt. But he's not. He's playing in a dome, and yeah, it's loud and all that. I don't think that's what bothers him. I think the next thing, other than his tiny hands – is when you can get a little bit of pressure early on him and start to get him throwing the ball just a, a tick earlier, that's when Jared Goff's really ineffective because now he's rushing his throws. He's not seeing his you know third read or second read, and he's going to first options. And that's what a lot of young quarterbacks struggle with. Jared Goff is really talented, but if you can knock him off his spot just a little bit, that's going to be the key. I think the Rams – their their key in this game is is the run game. Is Todd Gurley going to be healthy enough to really give this game like 
a Todd Gurley kind of type of performance because you can't count on CJ. You can't count on like CJ Anderson going off like that. That's the problem. Can you ride a horse like Todd Gurley all the way and set Jared Goff up, give him a little, you know, relieve some pressure and let him throw downfield and make plays. I, I kind of like the Rams, honestly, this week. I really do. Because I hate the Saints. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I kind of. I, I'm. I'm kind of sitting in in the same camp as Bart on this one. I thought this spread was low too. I, not that I think both number one seeds are like way better, but it just seems like three is a little bit disrespectful to kind of like what we've seen these teams do, especially at home. Yeah, if this is and, a neutral I, field game, is this really a pick'em? Yeah, I don't think that that was my point. Like, and I know that this one opened. I, I want to say that Rams Saints opened at three and a half, and it's since gone it to is, three. It's three and minus one twenty five right now, so it's trending back towards three and a half. But, but I mean, Bart, you texted me during the game. Like the one thing we haven't really talked about the patch charges, but like it was a total blowout. I've I've been super critical of Anthony Lynn all year, and Gus Bradley, who did an amazing job against Baltimore, just decided like we're going to sit in zone against Tom Brady in Gillette, like. Just the stupidest thing ever. Like, James White had 15 catches. Like, come on, guys. You can't play seven defensive backs against Brady all game and think that's going to work. It just was pretty disappointing. And the one thing Bart and I were talking about is, like, you know, the blowout of the Chargers, who who probably were the second team, best team in the AFC all year. Like, one game doesn't really change anything. They – it was going to drive the spread down. I mean, I, I mean Bart, I, I think you already have action. I think you had action on this game on Sunday, did you not, when the spread came out? This spread came out with like eight minutes left in the Pats game because they were up by so much and it opened at the Chiefs minus three and even money. So we dove in there while the Pats were still playing. Yeah, I, I will say before, I, I honestly, like it was really good to see Brady play well. I, I think Brady versus Mahomes is, is going to be a lot of fun. I think Reed and Belichick, pro- probably the two, definitely the two best coaches in the NFL at, at this point, you know, kind of regardless of what you think of McVay. But I don't know. I, I don't necessarily see this being super close. I guess if it's like five degrees outside, then we can kind of like throw out any sort of like inclination about what we think about the game. But like, it's just Brady's 0-3 on the road in, in the playoffs since 2007. I know all three of those are against Peyton Manning. But, you know, this, I'm not out of line saying that like this version of Pat Mahomes is way better than 2015 Peyton Manning. Am I, am I wrong about that? Like, He's way better than Peyton Manning was at the in the, with the Broncos. So, like, you know, we'll see. I, I think this is a, a, a bit of a mitch, mismatch as well. I'm, I'm excited to see what Belichick's going to do because he's been so good against rookie passers. But, I mean, I guess any other thoughts from the two of you before before we go into uh, any coaching carousel or, or anything like that before we get into fame? One thing that you just said, you know who's uh, who is really good against rookie quarterbacks. Uh, this year or in his career but this year it was a little different a little guy named Nick Saban so it, you know is that trend kind of breaking is is Bill Belichick gonna be the next to fall to the uh, millennial youth uh, we'll see I can't wait to see the headline Bart is uh Eric Berry supposed to play this weekend? I don't think so but I'm not positive I'm not sure it matters yeah I don't know I mean the biggest thing is like can the Chiefs D-line get home? You know, they, they just dominated the Colts. We heard about how great the Colts offensive line was and the Chiefs D-line just, just freaking dominated them the whole time. Like, if Chris Jones has a big game, I mean, this could get ugly. I, honestly, like, this feels like one of the bigger – like, Rams-Saints, it's kind of like whatever. They, they, they'll they scheme really well. And they, they – you know, the Rams 
probably will lose, but like I could see that one being like 35-28. I could see it being like 28-24. I just don't know how the Patriots are going to get stops. I, I just don't get it. And and maybe that's me being an idiot or like being ready for this Pats team to lose. But we talked about it all year. Like this team was not that good on the road. They were just an average football team and the Chiefs were awesome at home. And this is why you want home field advantage. This is why, you know, if you're Tom Brady and you're you're Bill Belichick, you don't put Rob, Rob Gronkowski in on the goal line against the Dolphins. Because if you win that game, then you have home field advantage. And you don't have to go to Arrowhead and play Pat Mahomes. But this one, this one seems bad to me. And, and like I said, I know Vegas is trying to limit their exposure because they had a ton of money outstanding on the Colts. They had a ton of money. I mean, they cr- Vegas crushed this past weekend because they had so much money on the Chargers, too. They needed the Pats to win. So I know minus three is like them trying to limit exposure. But uh, let's go. I mean, I guess let's go into fades unless Smalls, like I said, unless you have any coaching carousel talk. Adam Gase, you see that interview? Smalls? Yeah, I mean, it's, eyes are like- it's trending on Twitter still uh, is that his eyes are crazy. I didn't really understand. I love the taco meme. If anyone can see that, they they put a little taco in the video and his eyes are following it, which I thought was really cool uh, and funny. But I, what's wrong with that guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, think, I, don't know. I think no one's – no, no one's really addressing that question. Like, what, what's wrong? What, what's wrong with like? That? Shouldn't shouldn't someone in the Jets front office have to be like Adam? Adam took an Adderall before yeah. the interview because he has ADD. A Adderall. He 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 lined up for uh, thirty milligrams on a mirror and went snorty snort. That's what happened, and he <laughs> fucking went right into that interview. It's insane. Oh man. You- you can't say that. Uh, well, well, he's he's dealing with some demons. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Uh, we don't have any other any other coaching vacancies, right? Uh, Freddie Kitchens to the Browns. It seems really interesting that they hired Freddie Kitchens. Pretty, I think it's pretty obvious they didn't. Whoever their first choice was, I, I don't think they got him, and they were worried about Freddie Kitchens leaving to be an offensive coordinator for somebody else. So they just gave him the job. But I mean, kind of an interesting situation there. I mean, what what else? I think every team might. I think every team might have got their first choice. I d- I don't think Freddie Kitchens was the Browns' first choice. I'm just gonna put. I don't think the Browns knew what they wanted to do. Yeah, I I, I kind of think that like, uh, we talked about this before that John Dorsey had a choice in mind, and then I think when they won games with Williams and Freddie Kitchens, he was like, oh shit. Baker's good with these guys. I don't think we can go get Lincoln Riley or, or whoever it was or Mike McCarthy. You know, so I think that was let's 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 do this, though. Like, do any of these hires make you feel good about their no. moving forward? Good, good question. And the answer is no. I mean, to me, to me, there's nothing there's nothing good about any of these. Like maybe maybe a couple of them work out, but you can't like be like, oh, that that now we're good. Now we're on the right path. It's going to get there in three years. No. What about Bruce Arians? No. I, I listen. I everyone loves Bruce Arians. I personally, I don't. I'm not, he's a temple guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a guy who comes in. I guess people say, and he like can change a locker room, can change a culture a little bit. To me, Bruce Arians is old. He's tired. He's going to Miami. He's an old guy who's going to the Florida retire home, that retirement home. That's about it. Tampa and Miami aren't that close to or each Tampa, other. Or that's what I that's what I'm saying. Tampa. That's what I meant. Tampa Bay, Miami, it's all the same He's shit. Moving into Del Florida, Boca Vista. Flo- yeah, Del Boca Vista. That's right. Florida's the same condo area. community. I, I'm not a big Bruce Arians guy, to tell you the truth. I think he, Bruce is putting his uh his Jeff Cap. 
presidential run for condo president on hold. Yeah, dude. He'll become the HOA leader. Yeah, I could see it. So, all right. So, Arians goes to Tampa. You're not that fired up about no. it. Brian, Brian Flores is going to go to Miami. I, I can't say that any New England assistant ever makes me fired up to, you know, as a head coach. Gase, and, uh, Gase for the Jets, like, he could make Darnold better, but the rest of their talent level stinks and they're not changing their front office. So I think that's probably one of I the issues. I liked that until I saw him being introduced. <laughs> yeah, and then you got to be – if you're Adam Gase, like, you can't do that. Like, you just – like, I get it. It's not about winning I mean, I don't think coverage. he was trying to be a, a, weir- a weirdo. Yeah, but it's not like he's never spoken at a press conference before. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. That was weird. Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, like, if he's good with Aaron Rodgers, maybe he'll be good. If he's not, they'll stink. Freddie Kitchens, I think that one's fine. They have a lot of talent. Baker likes him. That should be okay. Kingsbury, who, I mean, who the hell knows? That that situation's probably going to be go real bad. He should be fun to watch. And then, yeah, maybe. Like you said, Arizona Cardinals over. I actually hope he passes on Kyler Murray. Uh, because I really want the Giants to draft Kyler Murray. I really want to see like Saquon, Kyler Murray, and like Odell Beckham on the same offense. I don't think Kyler is going to play football. I think they're just using this to get more money from Oakland. Do you think he should play football? If some team is willing to take him in the first round, yes. Yeah, I think he's going to get drafted in the first round. You don't think so? He's like five. It all depends on what he wants to do. He's going to make the the one thing we should say like he's ma- he's going to make more money if he pl- if he's a first round draft QB. Like there's no yeah. question about it. You have to get through 7 or 8 years of baseball before you can get your first big contract. And that's not even including your your arbitration years. So like the chances that Kyler Murray becomes a big time baseball player are are way less than him becoming, you know, a a highly paid NFL quarterback, I think, as a first round pick. Cuz even like Paxton Lynch made like seven or eight million dollars and he didn't even get a second contract (laughs) yeah that's what i'm saying like so if that's kyler murray he's still going to make more he still stands to probably make more money plus baseball's always there tim tebow's in freaking triple a right yeah i think i think the the good point about baseball is it's so like it's so difficult to make it i don't care how good you are you got to go through that minor league system and sometimes that really that that kills you and you can't you have one bad slump or one bad year, and then you start pressing, and that's the most difficult part. And then what? You have five million dollars. How about how desperate baseball is for a star. Like a star to pick their sport that they literally were gonna? They're literally telling the A's that they could circumvent the bonus rules, like because you can't. You used to be able to, yeah. Like pay the, out Cubs, the Cubs did it with, yeah. The Cubs did it with Samarja and Matt Caesar from Villanova. I know, like, the Yankees did it with Drew Henson, Bart's guy. Like, you can just give them a bunch of money and tell them to play baseball. You can't do that anymore because of international slot bonuses and draft slot bonuses. So, but baseball is like, you know what? We need Kyler Murray somehow, even though, like, he's so raw that, like, he would have gone to, to low A ball and we wouldn't have seen him in the majors until, like, 20, 2023. Yeah, you're gonna yeah, forget like, all about them. And projecting baseball players, that's the thing. Like you've got to bank on that guy getting there, and it's such a bet. It's su- it's a real bet. <laughs> like like honestly, the the guys like there there's like three or four guys I remember people saying were like totally can't miss guys. It's like Strasburg, who's been a good but occasionally great, but not like yeah. world beating pitcher. Dominant. Yeah. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, who, who has won an MVP, but, you know, he hasn't been incredible. 
A-Rod, who, who, you know, was Hall of Fame guy. And then the other guy that I remember is Justin Upton. And he's like been a very good baseball player, but not a Hall of Fame type guy. So it's like, you know, and all those guys were, were number one overall and, and people projected them to be like these sort of studs. And you can kind of see like the range of outcomes. I mean, so. the last thing I'll say about that is, is to me, being a Phillies fan, and I, I like baseball and I look at it a lot and all that stuff. But Dominic Brown, right? He was the number one prospect. He was untouchable in trade deals when they were coming up. And then the guy comes up, he has a good first half gets to an all-star game then after that was a terrible and has never been back to the majors really since consistently and that's how baseball goes it's it's insane i would love to get dr doug polster and talk about baseball or study baseball so i think that's more of a mental uh thing than a game than anything yeah i mean even even mike trout you know who is just unequivocally the best player in in baseball like it's it's not even that close like he came up and and bartle remember this like we were in a fantasy baseball league and someone picked him up right away when he came up and he stunk and they sent him back down and then he came up and and you know has never looked back the second time but like that stuff happens and and i think i don't know i mean i I think the kyler murray situation is kind of interesting but guys like him who are more like tools than their actual results at the moment they're always like really hit or miss. And so like, you know, sometimes you get Mookie Betts and sometimes you get like Donovan Tate and you guys don't even remember that guy, but like Padres picked him third overall, you know, like eight years ago. And he, you know, you, you haven't heard from him since then. So I don't know. Kyle Murray's situation is interesting. I do think he'll be a first round pick. I am going to go to the draft. It's in Nashville. So I'm, I'm going to go and, and, you know, maybe I'll talk to Kyler, you know, probably have some sort of red suit on, maybe Boomer Sooner suit, a borrowed from Billy Sims. That's going to be a really right, boring day. No. Nah. Why is that going to be a boring day? What are you day? talking draft, about? Are you dude? just going around the one? The first round of the NFL just, draft? Okay, just round one would be okay. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to go. You're going to have some food. He's going to have some beers. You can talk baseball. He's going to get the old almanac out, look up stats. Like, it's just it'll be Thursday night. I got to. I'm going to run the half marathon that that Saturday. No big deal. Thirteen point one miles. Pretty big achievement. But yeah, it's Thursday night in Nashville. I think it's April twenty sixth. Bart first the first round. So I'm going to go down there. You know why? Why wouldn't I? It's kind of an event, isn't it? You don't think I should go? I'm betting the over in your time for that marathon. Oh, it hasn't been said. Oh, that would be a I'm good. Going, a I'm good going blind in on. Whatever the time is you set for yourself. What's ten? What's ten minute miles? Ten minute miles. That'd be one hundred thirty minutes. Two hours, so two 10 hours minutes. ten minutes, eleven minutes. I mean, I'll go. I'll go under two hours and ten minutes. I bet. I bet if you set it at like two hours, I bet that's a pretty safe over under. We'll we'll do that. We'll we'll do that when we get closer. All right, let's do let's do fades and then picks. Uh, there's not a ton of props out right now, so. We're going to give you kind of our picks on the game, so two or three picks, and then I'll give you – we'll each give you a couple things to, like, watch out for if you're going to bet the prop market on Sunday, just some things that we like. So let's go to fades first. What do you got, Smalls? Uh, so my fade is the whole – honestly, I was going to go Adam Gase's eyes, but we brought it up. Uh, I will – I fucking – I'm so pissed about the Eagles – Honestly, and I'm fading the Doug Peterson two-minute decision and the on-the-ball decision. I can't get over it, Tyler. I can't help it. It's a terrible It's a terrible thing. It makes no sense to me. It never did make sense. You don't rush up. You let it hit two minutes. You call plays. Here's why. 
okay, now we can all refocus and we can make the best play calls that make sense because we only it have 20, a great 25 yards call. to go, 30 yards to go for a touchdown. It's not a great play call. It's not Hold a great on. play Did call. Did he drop it? Hold on, Smalls. He dropped it at the fifteen, right? They were at they were like at the thirty, and he was like he was like in between. No, no. If they were at the thirty, he dropped it at the twenty three. It was a seven yard pass. It was before first down. It was like a six yard pass. He probably would have ended up getting seven because he was getting tackled. Right. I away. thought they were. I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna be in the red zone when he caught it. So maybe. maybe yeah, I know it's a lame fade, and I've talked about it already too much. But that's my fade. I, I think you got to make a decision there. In hindsight, it's twenty twenty, and I realized that. But I'm an asshole, so fading that. I thought uh, Peterson's explanation was fine, though. When he said, like, you know, we were all in the ball, and I know you disagree with what he said, like that he was just kind of trying to save face. But, like, I mean, he did say it. He was kind of like we were already on the ball. There was no need to really wait. Yeah. And, again, I think Peterson – I think the mistake is when you're playing a quarterback as good as Drew That's Brees. I'm not saying I'm not saying that you need to dictate when you score. Because, like, if you score, you score. You know what I mean? You, the, the most important thing is to get seven there. But I, I do think you can be a little bit more strategic in how you do it. And I thought that Peterson I, – I don't know – Smalls, I thought that, like, the one thing that I think Doug has been really good at is he's the best in the league in terms of fourth down decisions. Like, he's by far been the best in terms yeah. of fourth down decisions. Yeah. But I don't think that Peterson is a tremendous, like... Tactician. He's, like... Yeah, like, his game flow and stuff. Like, their offense for Foles is really good. But some of, like, the play calls and stuff that he's had on third and fourth downs have been interesting. Some of the ways that he's managed, like, end-of-half situations have been interesting. Like... I don't. I don't know that Doug is as good as an X's and O's guy as people give him credit for, just because he's he's a very aggressive fourth down play caller and and he's aggressive in the red zone too, which I think is really important. But because like NFL coaches aren't typically like that, and you know like Andy Reid for years has been super conservative, and this year he's been a little bit more aggressive. But like just watching you be more aggressive, all of a sudden guys are like better, and it's it's amazing. They get momentum. Doug with. It's not a real thing. <laughs> not, 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 a, not a quantifiable thing. Uh, all right. I'm going to fade. I'm going to go into basketball for mine. And I'm going to fade Kyrie Irving. I don't know if you guys saw these comments. They, they, they lost the other night. Uh, I cannot remember who they lost to off the top of my head. Somebody not very good. Orlando they lost to. And Kyrie Irving after the game, he gave kind of like a longer quote because he fashions himself a little bit of a philosopher. But essentially he was like, you know, the young guys don't know how to win and they don't know how they don't know how to do the things that you, you have to do to win a title. And I, and I guess like the reason I'm fading this is because Kyrie Irving is 26 years old and, and he certainly has been to three NBA finals. He, he's won a, a title, but like when you've only gone to the playoffs with LeBron James and then like you've gotten hurt and your team has gotten better without you. And then when you had a chance to be the guy in Cleveland and you couldn't make the playoffs, I just am fading you making the comments that like young guys don't know what, don't know what it takes to win NBA titles. Because I, I think that coming from Kyrie Irving, that's like the wrong message. And I just think that guys kind of give themselves a lot of credit when they play with an all-time great. So I think that Kyrie Irving's tremendous. I, I think he's an awesome offensive player. But I, I think when your only playoff appearances have come with LeBron James, I think it's a little bit tough to try to tell young guys that they don't know what it takes to win because you haven't really done it either, other than when you've played with you helped them make the playoffs. Yeah, what about last year? He was hurt. He didn't play. He was part of that team. He didn't play. He did not. What are you talking about? He didn't play the last forty games in the Listen, season. Tyler, he the he's a leader. That's that's you know if he's if he's I not just, that I just leader. Thought, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I just thought the message 
was muddled a little bit. I, I thought that Kyrie it just saying that like I, I don't know. What I, was I it with was him kind of yelling a- at Gordon Hayward for not inbounding it to him when it didn't seem like he was that open? Yeah, that was that was the same game. That's, no, I understand. That he gave I, a speech after. Yeah. I think I think that Kyrie's not going to stay in Boston. I think that a lot of people are kind of seeing the writing on the wall, and I think we're going to see a situation that maybe he's in New York with Kevin Durant. So, you know, we'll see. We'll we'll revisit that in a, in a in six months. But I don't know that Kyrie Irving's going to be in Boston after this year. So, Bart, your fade before we uh, get into our picks. I don't have a lot, so Smalls has inspired me to just talk about a team that I like again. So I will just fade Smalls' guy for serving the national champs a fast food buffet. I'm looking at the – I'm actually – it's funny. I have my phone out. I'm looking at a tweet from Reggie Bush right now saying, like, they deserve so much better. This is a slap in the face, all this stuff. What the what, – I don't, I don't understand. What's the problem here? The only thought process I I can go with is like they were here two years ago. This isn't that special to them. They might be back again next year. Like we don't have to go all out and serve these kids an awesome meal because like they're just gonna keep well, coming back. Okay. Here. So so here's the part about, or that about he's just Trump. a joke. Well, here's the part about Trump that like makes me laugh. Right. So. He, he we're we're embroiled in this government shutdown right now. Not to get like too political, but like the government is shut down. But he Most paid for some some did. whoppers and Big Macs. So, so he a lot pays for this fast food. And, oh, I mean, a lot. It was like three hundred sandwiches. He also probably which, ate a lot of them. Yeah, that's his food. He only eats yeah, Trump, fast food. Trump, Trump's a big fast. Food. He doesn't drink. He was a big fast food. food. Yeah, Warren Buffett only eats fast food. It's the same shit. But no one talks about Warren Buffett being fat piece of shit. So I don't know. Isn't Warren? Warren Buffett's an Arby's guy, right? No, nah, he well, he like goes Arby's. to McDonald's. It depends if the market's up or not. He gets two, I believe he gets two sausage, egg, and cheeses if the market's up. He only gets one bacon, egg, and cheese if the market's down. He's a weird He's dude. He's doing it all wrong. Bacon's so much better than sausage. I don't, I don't remember. I, I probably am misspeaking. I'll tell you what. Pro- processed, processed sausage at McDonald's is not something that interests me. But anyway, so Trump kind of played it off like the government was shut down, so there was no like catering or whatever, so he got fast food. But – and then he, I think he even said, like, if Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer would, like, you know, approve the wall, then, like, Clemson could have gotten, like... I think it's a good strategy. He's winning over the South Carolina market, like, the Clemson, like, he's... Let me tell you, if, if, you don't, if, you don't, if you don't, if you don't think, and I said this to Bart and he disagreed, but if you don't think Dabo Sweeney has a, uh, voted for Donald Trump, you're, you're out of your mind. I would say wore a MAGA hat, but there's no, there's no freaking shot that Dabo Sweeney wears anything that's not team issued other than a suit. So I, I, I would I would say that. I mean, but, like, this is just, know. you I'm know. I'm guessing he doesn't this is, this comment is, too much on politics just because most of the kids he recruits are probably not big Donald guys. Yeah, for I sure. But Dabo is People, a, But here's another thing, Smalls. This is part of your fade from a couple weeks ago about, like, the outrage of, like, yeah, that's no what I'm saying. What. That's what I was going to go ahead. Yeah, like, like no matter what he does, like, and again, like this is, it's fast food. It's whatever. These kids eat McDonald's, they eat Wendy's. It's it's kind of amusing, to be honest. Like, I'm sure they would have wanted something better. Who who the hell cares, though? Like, you're. it's more about, like, you get to go to the White House and, like, you get to meet the president. Whether or not it's Donald Trump or not, like, just the office of the president, it's like, it's cool. It's a tradition, like. And it's just this like outrage of like Trump's a joke no matter what he does. It, it just it's it's exhausting. It's I texted awesome. this last night. I said I want to go off the grid, and then I went silent. And this is why because like 
everyone has, and it's okay for everyone to have an opinion, but when you have an opinion on every single thing, and I'm not talking about just this, I'm talking about everything on social media. Everyone's got an opinion about everything. Your opinion gets very devalued in most people's eyes, especially on Twitter and social media. That's what I have a problem with. Everyone wants to get outraged about everything. You can't go through a day without someone having to like, blow your socks off with a ridiculous take or something crazy. It, it Like think about doing that every day. First off, that's exhausting. Second off, don't you want to have an impact? Don't you want to be thoughtful sometimes about, uh, you know, an issue, whether it's politics, sports, who cares? But like you sit down and actually think about the ramifications, go through the pros and cons and then make an educated opinion. Sometimes I don't do that because we're on the show, but at the end of the day, when you're making real opinions and like you're doing it all the time, make sure you're you're aligning your thoughts. Maybe fast food's not the shot you want to take. That's what I'm saying. Like this 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 one of Don, there's Donald Trump does 27 things a day that are like if you're not a Donald Trump fan that are just like ridiculous. This is just one that's like and obviously like the sports media trends very left as well. So like it is what it is. But like this is just one that you just probably don't want to draw your line in the same. Like he probably ordered some double Whoppers. You know, I don't think Dexter Lawrence eats a single Whopper, by the way. I mean, right, I'm sure there was nuggets. I'm sure there, there was, was Whoppers. There was definitely nuggets. And Chicken he fries. <laughs> he, he, served, he served French fries. And like, Look at the sauces, too. I'm they're watching in, this video. There's, there's, there's a silver whole nice sauce. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, honestly, in terms of a fast food feast that everyone's like, you know, maybe maybe they've in their lifetime they've they've wanted. This is a pretty good one. Like, I'm not a guy that, you know, I, I think people who listen to my you didn't stuff get any good I'm pictures not, of, really of the Domino's though. Like, what what for. pizzas is he ordering? Does he have a little everything? Some veggie pizzas or is that what he, do you? Here's the here's the real question. Did he did he order the five 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 deal? When it, doesn't oh, man. Exi- it doesn't exist anymore. It's a five five. Does that I, still exist? Was, in high school, we this used to a, this dominate is a very that. Very subject with Tyler Smalls. This is a this is well, yeah, because it was bullshit. We used to order it all the time when we were in high school, and then and then yeah, the Domino's, same. But but Smalls, then the Domino's and Olney claim that you only got one topping on the five 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 deal. Like, oh, Con- Connor Kennedy, and you guys know Connor or Tyler might a little bit, but we used to. We used to five 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 it like in high school senior year, once a week, twice a week. Well, so now, so so the way it is now, and I only know this because ordering Domino's online after after a long night of, of uh, adult sodas is is one of my favorite things to do. Unfortunately, but like it's a medium pizza and like either like a sandwich or like cheesy bread or whatever. It's like five fifty five for each thing now. But like Trump, he's a billionaire. Does he need to get the five 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 deal, or did he just call Domino's and he was like, "Hey, I'm paying thirty five dollars because I can." Oh no, he's making a deal. It's the art of art of making a deal. He's like, "Listen, you're gonna get on Twitter on social media. You probably got it for free." To tell you the truth, uh, that's probably true. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's go into picks real quick. Bart, what's uh what's mine and Smalls's record? You're still in last place, but am I tied with Smalls or am I behind Smalls? Smalls is half a game up on you. He's 53 and 44. You are 53 and 45. We're all going to, we're all going to have the same picks anyway. All right. So like I said, we're just going to pick, we're going to pick the games. If, if you have anything, uh, I have one total and, and that's it. And then I have a couple props just to kind of like keep an eye out for, but there's no actual props out right now. So probably three picks this week and then this is and then no episode next week because there's no game and then we'll we'll do some Super Bowl props and stuff like that for the last week of the season but 
All right, Smalls, start it off, buddy. Where are you going? Yeah, I'm going right to the NFL. Let's go. The Rams getting where, three where points on the, I, the. Where else would I go? I don't know. Where else would I go? Is there is there FIBA? Is there uh, a little uh, FIFA on? Is there a little uh, man, man U? No, I'm taking the Rams plus three on the road against the Saints. I think the Rams end up winning this game. Sean McVay is pulling out all the stops. I also think the defense of the Rams looks a little better. Uh, they scare me. Uh, a little bit and the whole Tlaib thing and everything like that. But I like their D-line. I like Aaron Donald stepping up in this game and pressuring Drew Brees and then making things happen. So I'm taking the Rams getting three. And in this game as well, I'm going to take the under of 56. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm on – all right, so I'll just give mine. I, I'm on the sa- I'm on the Saints minus for sure. I, 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 don't, I do not agree with Smalls. I'm also on the under, like I said. I, I think that the Saints defense has been playing wildly better. I'm a little bit worried about the Sheldon Rankins thing, especially running the ball, but I don't – I agree with Bart. I don't think the Rams want this game to get in the 30s. I, I know that they, they feel comfortable playing that game, but it, it feels like their skill position guys are much thinner than the Rams right now. I also want to throw this out there too, and Bart and I were texting about it, but like this Taysom Hill bullshit, like I know he had the fake I hate punt. him. I know he had a, a pass that got called back because of a hold, but like early in the game, they had like a fumble, they had like a penalty on a play where he was in motion. Like we need to stop trying to like force feed Taysom Hill. Uh, it, it's the time of the year now where I'm very concerned when Taysom Hill's in the game because I'm like, you, your possessions are so valuable. But I'm on the I'm on the Saints minus three. I am on the under in this game, and then the other thing that I really like, whatever Michael Thomas is like, the highest value prop you can get for Michael Thomas reception yards like I'm talking I'm talking like if you can get like 130 130 yards at like plus 300 take it Marcus Peters stinks I, I think they're gonna have to leave on him but I, they, the Saints move him around he was open literally every possession against the Eagles just in the middle of the field so I, I really like that uh for this game as well and I also I, I like Drew Brees passing yards because I think they always make him a little bit lower for some reason, even though he throws for 5,000 yards a year, I, I feel like it'll be somewhere in like the high twos, and I like the over of Drew Brees' passing yards. Bart? I'm with Tyler on this one. I have the Saints, minus three. I also, unfortunately, like the under, like both of them. Smalls, have you ever been in the Dome? No, I've never been in the Dome. It doesn't scare me at all. Bunch of bunch of fraud fans who dress up like uh, losers uh, doesn't scare me at all. I'd walk in there and I'd spit on those fans. I'd spit on them. I'm gonna be in New Orleans. I'm gonna be in New Orleans this weekend. I'm not going to the game. That's not why I'm there. But I'll, I'll tell you how Bourbon Street is on Saturday night. Obviously, and in the morning. we know that the dome is loud, but they keep that dome pretty cold. Might be tougher for Mister Goff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to the let's go to the other game. My suspicion is that we're all going to be on the same side on this one, but who knows? Smalls is a, Smalls is a crazy guy, so he might. Want yeah, to I, I I am insane. I am insane. Listen, Belichick, he's got some stuff. You never bet against Belichick. You never do it. He's he's the best, and they're in this game for a reason. So I'm taking the Chiefs minus three. Uh, clearly, Andy Reid. You know, it's going to win. Hold on, hold on a second. You're taking the Chiefs minus three? I thought you were 
talking about how good Belichick was. Yeah, did you like what I did there? I built it up and went the other way. I love the Chiefs, man. I love Patrick Mahomes' creative offense. It's just going to be too much for the Patriots to handle. You're in Arrowhead. That's the advantage here. Arrowhead is insane. Talk about the Saints Dome. They're fraud fans. These are real fans, Kansas City fans. They're going to be insane. They're going to win this game. They're going to get to Brady a little bit. And I'm taking this one. I'm taking the Chiefs minus three. Let's go Big Red. Go win a Super Bowl, big boy. All right. I like the Chiefs minus three as well in this one. Two things I'll say. Damian Williams over on the rushing yards. Don't know what it is, but, you know, if you get it at like 81 yards or something, Pat's run D on the road has been absolutely atrocious. The other thing I really like, and I I don't know if you guys paid attention to this, but uh, Belichick always defers when they win the toss, but against the Chargers. He didn't defer last week. Yeah, very weird. Correct. He took it and he scored right away. He must have thought that was important. What I do think with the Chiefs, because I, like I said, I, I do think the possessions are going to be valuable. I think they will defer. So what I would say is if you can get a Chiefs scoring the first points prop, I would take that because I do think the Patriots will defer. And I'll tell you why right now. I think that they'll want to do their little double score thing and try to score before the half and then get the ball to get that extra possession because I think they think this is going to be very valuable I'm afraid to take the number. It's been plummeting from the 57 at open. I think it's like 54 right now because I don't know what the weather's going to be. If this was going to be 20 or 25 degrees. Yeah, if this was going to be 20 or 25 degrees, I think it's pretty comfortable to still take the over because I think the Chiefs are going to score 40. Uh, This game went to, I believe, 83 the last time these two teams played. That was obviously in New England. But if it's going to be 10 or 5 degrees, I'm not sure how that's going to impact. You know, Mahomes throwing the ball. I'm fairly certain Brady will be fine, but... And then, as always, I think Brady's over on completions is, is going to be a pretty easy one. They're going to throw it a ton. Michelle was really good, and they still threw it a ton. So, But I like the Chief, I love the Chiefs minus three in this game. This just doesn't feel good to me. This is also the, this is the first time in 68 games the Pats have been dogs, by the way. 67 straight games they've been, they've been favorites. So That's, that's incredible. And they've opened his favorites because they, they closed, I believe, his dogs against the Jags earlier this year, which feels like 10 years ago. But all right, Bart, I'm assuming we, we know you're on the Chiefs minus three. Is there anything else you like in this game before we get out of here? Yeah, I would look at James White catches. I think there's going to be a lot of dump offs to him and whatever. I also like the Brady uh, stuff you were talking about. I would also bet Gronk unders just because he's on the field but he's non-existent he's a blocker at this point he is a very good blocker he cannot move anymore it's it's a little bit sad I I wonder if he's gonna retire like I I don't know I don't know it's 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 sad he's like we joke about Antonio Gates where it looks like he's running in slow motion or like Witten last year where they can't move and Gronk doesn't even look like that like he doesn't even look like that right now like there was an article in the last week after the season he's gonna be thinking about retirement what's there to think about yeah, I don't know. I mean, he gets paid a lot of money. He obviously likes what he does, but it, it's it's a shame. And and we say that knowing that, like, like it, if he doesn't retire, do we really think the Pats would bring him back at whatever his cap number is? Bob Kraft might do it. Bob, Bob Kraft. I mean, Bel- Belichick would love to cut the guy because that's what Belichick does, and that's why he's the best. But I hope Andy Reid wins the Super Bowl. That uh, I'm with you on that, Smalls. Uh, but yeah, that's it for us this week. Uh, we don't even really need to recap. Smalls is on the. Uh, Smalls is on the Rams plus three and the under, and he's on the Chiefs minus three. I have the Saints minus three, the under in that game of 56, and the Chiefs minus three. And then Bart has the same picks as me. So kind of a boring week for picks, but unfortunately there's only three football games left. You guys can bet on the Pro Bowl if you want. I I will not be doing that next week. 
And uh, that's it for us this week. As always, uh, you can listen to us on Tuesday. In terms of interviews, we had Evan Harville from the Greensboro Swarm on this past Tuesday. Really fun interview with a G League assistant. I am on the Underdog NBA show every Thursday as well with Xander Gellison. You can hear me talk a little bit more about Kyrie's situation. I, I dove a, a little bit deeper into that and the Celtics problems on this week's episode. But that is it from us this week. We'll be back next Tuesday. Thank you, everyone who listens and has listened to us the entire year. Hopefully, we've made you some money. We are going to finish over 500 this year, which is which is pretty awesome. I, I think we're even over 52%, right, Bart? We definitely made money for people who listen. You are right? positive before this week. Oh, really? We This week, we went under 52%. No, no, we're over it. I'm just saying the picks we just gave. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, a little bit of a little bit of profits. You know, not saying we're, we're touts just yet. Although I did give Bart uh, two rock solid picks on Saturday in, in college basketball, and he he went one for we went one for one. He didn't take the other one. So maybe I'll give some college basketball unders out on Twitter because I've been I've been binking totals off left and right. But uh, other than that, if you like what you hear, you know, rate us five stars, leave us a uh, review, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Stitcher. If you do, if you do uh, leave us a five-star review, send it to me, and I will send you a koozie like we've been doing all year. And uh, we are at Create Your Shot on Twitter, at Create Your Shot Pod on Instagram, Create Your Shot on Facebook, Create Your Shot at gmail.com. Like I mentioned on Tuesday, you know, if you're going to the Final Four, reach out to us on one of those platforms. Let us know if you're there, and we'll, we'll try to organize a, a little bit of a meetup. And uh, other than that, thanks as always for listening. I, I hope everybody picks winners this weekend, and we'll be back on Tuesday.